Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Back again. Here we are. At least one more time. At least one more time. <laughs> Jarrett was saying, very astutely pointed out, it's a little uh, nerve-wracking listening to a song like One More Time before you're about to go on the air. You think it might be your last time. You never know on radio. It's like, did they schedule this song because... They're firing us? I mean, I think we'll know if the last song of our show is Let's Dance, <laughs> Let's Dance. Then we'll know Cut if it Brian. started with this and right. ended with that. Cut to Brian in the music schedule like, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's a great Firing them. That's a great idea and making it make sense with music. We cannot wait to get into today's show. We have all kinds of great stuff. Of course, there's all kinds of things going on with the impeachment inquiry. Drop the President is coming up. We also are talking to Dr. Jen a little later in the show because uh, she, she writes these weekly articles and in style and uh, she always covers really interesting topics and this week she covered how uh, what what to do when one person in your couple wa- wants to go to the therapy and the other one doesn't it's always an interesting thing I uh, I actually have been together with my wife for 10 years and we have not been to couples counseling but it's really? not because we didn't want to or think we needed it I would think you guys would because she works in mental health yeah I know no we've talked about it many times and I'm a big component of hey Everyone should be in therapy regardless, and so I I think it's going to be an interesting conversation when somebody is resistant to it and why, but we have had that conversation. I don't know. I guess it's just been on the to-do list, and then we've never really gotten around to it, and we've never been at the point where it's like, okay, we need to get into couples therapy next week, or it's over. Or it's a wrap. Yeah, we always have pretty good communication within our house, I guess. Yeah. You know, me, her, and the cats, we all communicate very you, well. her, and the cats. My God. So, you know who needs couples counseling is my cats. Really? Yes. Are they, are they going through some things? Yes. They hate, I don't know how they feel about each other. I walk in some days and they're like literally- you do know how they feel about each other. They sleep, they're, sometimes they're sleeping right next to each other and I know on purpose they, they did that. And then other times they are attacking each other, making each other miserable, chasing each other throughout the house and it's not a good chase. Well, so, you know, I, don't, I think cats are evil, so it's just, I mean, that's why I'm allergic to them. I love cats and I also agree with you. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, <laughs> um, last night- it was interesting for me. I went to a spin class before going to a date, and you were saying like, "I think you're cutting it kind of close, Jared." You said last yesterday when we were leaving, you said, "Oh, I can grab this spin class and then I can go to a date." And I was like, and "Are you sure?" My dinner you was do at this? seven, but the spin class was over at six fifteen. Dinner was only like ten, maybe fifteen minutes away, and I was like, "Oh, I can totally swing this." So I went to the spin class, and I immediately walk in, and I realized the instructor is someone I saw on Tinder, and I was like. Oh, that's how often does that happen? Do Will you, you see, see someone? Not very often at all, actually. And I remembered him because he said on his profile that he was a spin instructor at, at Equinox and like Ed didn't even make the connection until I walked in and I was like, oh, that's that guy. So did you did you swipe on him? You swiped I, right? Yeah, he was cute on the profile, but in person it didn't really hit me the same. I mean, he's very. I mean, he's a, a spin instructor at Equinox. Like yeah, you know what so he looks he's like. Probably got nice butt. Exactly. It was very good. Very, very, good. very, very, good. very good. Butt. Very good. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I wasn't moved. But anyway, I did the spin class. First of all, spin class wore me 
out. Yeah. I didn't have the right shoes on. And so like clicking into the little pedals thing just never happened for me. That's always an embarrassing thing too if you can't get off of it when everyone else can. Oh, well. When you get off and then you're like click, click and everyone's getting off and you're like the only one moving your shoe around. The pedals were not, like the pedals were like hurting my feet the entire time because I didn't have the click in shoes. And the little seat on the thing hurt so bad. I was like trying to get up but I can't. So I was going to ask you about how your butt felt because my butt when you was first, like, yeah. Oh, it was awful. And then they and tell you is, that it's going to be even worse the next time. Oh, I don't want to hear that. So, <laughs> I this is the first time I've done a spin class in easily six years. And so, I was like, he was like, all right, we're going to click it up. I was like, no, we're not. Like, <laughs> You're we're like, not I'm going to quit anything. it up right now. Right. And he was like, set a goal for yourselves and let's try and make... I was like, literally, the goal I set for myself was don't leave. (laughs) Just get through to the end. Yeah, and you know, that that will keep you there, I mean, physically, but it also will, you'll have, you'll get a second win. Did you get a second win? No. (laughs) I did not. So, I'm in this class and I get through the class and I'm like super sweaty. You know how you come out of spin class, like a a mop of sweat. And so, I go jump in the shower and I'm trying to just like cool my body down. So, I like, I don't take a cold shower, but I I had a warm shower, cleaned off, and then like I turned it over to cold to try and start bringing my body temperature down get dressed jump in an uber head to dinner i get there like a few minutes before he does and you're exhausted i'm i'm like okay i'm gonna be all right i'm gonna be fine i get there i check in to dinner they're like oh it's gonna be a 15 to 20 minute wait we're gonna text you literally a minute and a half later they text me your table's ready not complaining just as he's walking in the door that's great feeling no yeah that's great he walks in the door we go get seated and I start sweating bullets. Like oh no! My t- I'm not nervous. It's my body temperature has not gone down from the from the the spin class. So you're just still sweating on your you can and you can feel it dripping down your back. Yes. Oh, and that's I'm like, bad, I yeah. luckily I was out with someone that I I've known for a little while, so it wasn't like I was it was a first meeting and I was looking like a weirdo. But I was sitting there like and I you know how you feel like you're sweating more than you look like you're sweating sometimes. And I felt like I could feel it like dripping down the side of my head and I was like I'm so sorry I'm gonna run to the bathroom really quickly and I like go to the bathroom and I'm like trying to like pet myself down because spin class has still got me sweating 45 minutes later and is this the guy whose family died no 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 okay It's like not that guy. But being the sweaty guy on the date, I mean, to that for that guy to go home and be like, oh, the first date was good, but like he, he was, was sweating really sweaty. a lot, and well, then like, he went to the bathroom. After and... I went to the bathroom and like patted myself down, I I ended up being okay, and like we kind of settled in. But then I ordered a drink, and I was like, this is gonna warm me back up. But it didn't really happen that way. But like I was panicking, like, oh my god, yeah. I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and he's gonna be like. Um, oh girl, he is so sweaty. <laughs> yeah. But and when I looked in the mirror, in. when I looked in the mirror, I wasn't nearly as sweaty as I thought I was, but it you know, like Well, I, and then you can't engage in conversation cuz all you're thinking about is how sweaty exactly. you are. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh yeah, we're we have so much coming up in the show today. Um as we said, we're going to be talking to Dr. Jen about uh, couples that need to go to therapy but just won't. Um we might have yet another person jumping into the 2020 race and uh, what? we might, we'll see. Um and Mitch McConnell might be getting a challenge um for his seat in Kentucky, which could take him out of being the leader of the, the Senate. We've got so much coming up. See a up. smile on your face there. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, Drop the Subject comes back in just a few minutes. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Mm-hmm. All right. Drop the subject, Allie and Jarrett. Got lots of show that? for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Yes. And, uh, you know, maybe some of you are listening to this at work. I think that it's always highly recommended to have us on at all times. But, of course, at work, when you are uh, trying to have a nice distraction in your ear while you're getting your job done. But, hey, maybe... That makes you feel better because it makes you feel a little less lonely at work. You might be one of the almost half of employees, according to this new survey, that feel like they are constantly feeling lonely at work because they have nothing in common with their colleagues. Well, I think the most interesting asterisk here in this story is it says staff aged between 35 and 44 felt the most lonely at work, according to a survey of 2,000 employees. And... So I've, boomers are feeling lonely. Well, no, that's that's the end of millennial and the beginning of... Of boomer, isn't it? Is boomer the next generation? I thought gen... What's the next generation after us? Before us? Before us? Is it X? Y2Kers? So. Let me... No. Hold on. No, because we're Y2Kers. Sorry. Um, we're also Y2Kers? Well, yeah. That's why we're millennials. Y2K is the millennium. I see. Yeah. I'm trying to trying to figure out the, the generations. Which generations are you? Sorry. Carry on. Okay. Talk amongst yourself. Well, I'm just interested into what, like, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this, but when you go to the workplace, of course, it's Generation nice. Generation X, by the way. I need Spice Girls, of yeah. course. Yeah. All right. When you are on your, you know, you're walking through the hallways, you exchange some pleasantries with people that you may know, you may not know, and then most people, they kind of go to their desk and start getting their job done. Mm -hmm. I can understand, I guess, feeling a little bit lonely or solitary throughout that process, but the other side of it is a lot of times, and this is also because I work upstairs before the show starts, I hear some people that are socializing to the point where I don't know what the hell hell they are here doing <laughs> it's like are you ever working or it, yes but they're you're also talking... up there really early in the morning like maybe when people are starting to kind of come in socialize in their host chat phase if you will the, the, the okay so they're segment. starting with host chat exactly. in their work day i see i i can understand that maybe yeah but then i'll also see the same people having a very luxurious lunch break yeah I could see that. Well, so I, I just don't. My point is, like, I don't think anybody should ever feel lonely, but I also don't know if the workplace is a place to necessarily make tons of friends. I see. I think the opposite. I think people want to feel at home at work because you spend more time at work than you do anywhere else. Like, you spend such a like, significant portion of your week at work and you have so much you know riding on your job and like your job is so important to your livelihood I think people want to feel at home at work and feel like uh, as a, like they're a part of a community or a family or something like that even though like when there's layoffs immediately you realize like you're not in a family you know what I mean or like you get fired or like, something like that but we had that great break room chat what exactly. are you doing right well yeah I mean I guess I get your point but I don't know like when is the time to socialize and have that community is it was it, is it within work hours is it outside of work hours because sometimes I would have uh, people you know that I work with say hey let's grab lunch or hey we're having a, a thing at our place or we're having a, a an after work soiree or something like that and part of me is like great I should probably socialize with some of my colleagues and develop this community but then the other side of me is like I don't want to be at work with more work people. I want to go away from work <laughs> because I work too much and I want to go away it's from an work. Interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing, especially in jobs like these, as opposed to like if I were working still like in a call center like I used to work in before or if I like doing other jobs. But like these jobs are about personalities and like 
uh, you know, being friendly and like getting along and all that kind of stuff. And so like when I've worked in other news stations with my co-hosts, I would like try and do like some social stuff with them as well, because like you do want to have like some kind of a social rapport and get along and all that. But it's also like you do want to get away from work. You don't want to feel like you're at yeah, work all and the I want to. So. I'm there to do my job. Researchers found that while feeling isolated in the workplace was experienced by many who spend their days on their own, it also affects those who are surrounded by younger colleagues. So yeah, this does affect the Generation X mostly. Uh, Lee Biggins, the firm's chief executive, the firm. What firm? What firm is this? Hold on. Uh, Oh, CV Library. I don't know. Understand why that's okay. They start with saying uh, they. Oh, this is I guess some advice they're giving to people. Start with saying good morning to colleagues. So this is what that CEO says. He says humans are naturally sociable, and it's just not healthy or sustainable to feel lonely in the workplace. Not to mention that a lack of social support will suppress your productivity and will prevent you from reaching your full potential. Okay, so this guy Lee Biggins, which I always listen to anyone named Biggins, says that socializing will actually. Increase your productivity. So yeah. he's debunking what I'm saying. But I think this is also this speaks to like the the need for diversity and inclusion. When you're the only black person at your job, you're the only listener. You automatically person. feel lonely and isolated. Exactly. When you're the only like woman in you know leadership or in like a, the only in woman the in a tech job. Exactly. Which a lot of the time is true. When you're the, like I've been the black guy so many times. Like I'm I'm so accustomed to that now. And so like I think there's like also like a a defensiveness that comes along with that. And it's like a, a it's more of like a protection kind of thing that you do um, because like there are so many situations where on a show I'm the black person or I'm the black producer or I'm the black whatever um, and so like I think this is this also like lends itself to showing like how much more your productivity can go up in a company if you're more diverse and inclusive and you you know have people of all walks of life where people can get to know each other and also feel at home well this is I mean that's a great example of that because that they're saying that they can't socialize or relate to their younger colleagues. So it would work the same if it was, if there was a lack of diversity racially or with gender or any kind of group like that. If you have too much of one thing and you're the one person, the odd person out, of course you are going to feel lonely and then maybe people will forget that you're even there and be like, who's that lady? I would would guess straight white guys have this problem the least of anyone. Right, you get bro out, bro. Exactly, What's up, bro. You want to go hit? Well, because beers, like straight bro? white men have the highest level of employment, have the highest level of representation in these different jobs, and Emmy's saying the highest level of suicide as well, um, which is interesting. Straight white men? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's actually, interesting. interesting. Them and like uh, LGBT youth, I think, have like really high levels of, of suicide as well. So it's interesting. Um, we've got so much more coming up. Up next, drop the president. We might have a new 2020 candidate jumping into the race. Also, is Mitch McConnell going to be getting challenged for his uh, seat in Kentucky and then maybe losing, like, leading the Senate? And then uh, a whole lot more coming up. There's so much more Drop the Subject coming up next. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Allie. We that time. We are about to talk about some election stuff, which means it's time for us to drop the president. Drop the president. 
So earlier uh, last week, we told you that Michael Bloomberg is considering getting into the 2020 race, uh, kind of making a late bid. But also there's another name that's popping up last year in December. Uh, Deval Patrick, who's a former governor of Massachusetts and, you know, kind of a, a well-liked figure in the Democratic Party, even if he doesn't have a whole bunch of name recognition for a lot of folks. Um, he, in December last year, said he's not going to run for president. Uh, he, he just decided... That is, everyone does that. Well, they... I mean, plenty of people have, but like... Bloomberg they, he, did that, didn't he? He was like, I'm not... That. No, no, well, like, not. He's, uh, Deval Patrick said that, you know, the election system was too cruel. He didn't like how it, how it shook out. But now, as we're getting closer to the deadlines where you have to be on the ballot um, in the different states... Um, people are starting to reconsider and saying, like, you know, if they don't think that the 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 landscape that we have of candidates is valuable or has like the right mix of things, they're like, well, maybe I should run. Maybe there is a reason for me to run. So Deval Patrick is uh, considering jumping into the race. I think his biggest uh, concern is going to be one. The fact that he's jumping in so late that he's not going to be able to get on the debate stage for a well, yeah, while. Yeah, that, that's at least. my big, biggest concern. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think that's he's, what I would think immediately. Is I, he's why. not going to be able to make it onto the debate stage, but he does have a bit of a national profile within the party. People know him, um, and he was pretty well liked uh, in Massachusetts. And he would be hoping to do well in New Hampshire. He's next door to New Hampshire. New Hampshire is the second state in the primaries, and that could do very well for him if he were able to get in and really get some traction in New Hampshire. That would not be a bad thing for him if he was running for president <sighs> not to judge somebody too much without knowing them but this guy has two first names moving on kentucky saying. <laughs> um, kentucky uh kentucky's youngest black state lawmaker wants to make a challenge to mitch mcconnell mitch mcconnell's obviously the uh he leads the the senate and and when i say leads the senate doesn't mean that he's been doing very much but um mitch mcconnell is a senator from kentucky Wait, and, hold on jared he's been running burner accounts well he's been doing stuff no 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 that's that's mitt romney oh damn it i got my weird <laughs> yeah, republicans mixed up um but yes mitt romney what was his name uh Pierre something I can't yeah, remember the Pierre, name. Pierre, yes, what was that? But um, but Mitch McConnell, Derelict Day or something. Yeah. Oh, that I think that's right. Pierre de, Derelict, de, Delecto or something Delecto, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, well, but you know Mitch McConnell has some. He probably does. Well, if he even knows how to run Twitter, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Kentucky's <laughs> youngest black state lawmaker is considering uh, challenging Mitch McConnell. His name is Charles Booker, uh, and he backs Medicare for All and the Green New Deal. And he would be joining a very busy Democratic field. But you'll remember that Kentucky is where. Um, we just had a Democratic yeah. governor, uh, a Democratic candidate win the election for governor. Mind you, by a th very thin margin that is still kind of being contested um, a bit. But it would be interesting if Mitch McConnell were to lose his seat in Kentucky. That would be an extraordinary moment. I think uh, Representative Charles Booker has an uphill climb, um, at, you know, going against the leader of the Senate Republicans. But, I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah. And when would this happen, this this actual election? This will be for next year. So this be, would be. Oh, so be this would be along with twenty. Okay, yeah, yeah, so this yeah. would be next November. Yeah, Got Mitch McConnell's seat it. will be up, and um, just for the record, it wouldn't make this person like the leader of the Senate or anything. That that's a different. That would be a that completely different process, yeah, right? But, but he would at least be. He'd be out of the Senate. Yeah, it would be a stronghold for the Democrats in Kentucky. And it seems like they're leaning that way. So I guess Charles Booker probably looked at the last election and was like, huh. Possibly, yeah. I'll just kind of jump right in there and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, he says, uh, you know the name, he's, he's talking about jumping into the race, and he says, um, he's talking about Mitch McConnell, he says, you know the name of the man I'm talking about, but he doesn't know your name. He doesn't see you in the hospital bed or in the checkout line or at the safety drills in your classroom. He doesn't see you at all. Um, and he's saying, since we sent Mitch McConnell, 
McConnell to Washington. He's become one of the richest politicians in America, but Kentucky has been left behind. So mm. he's jump- he might be jumping into the race. We'll see. And then the last thing I wanted to mention um, was, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, Stephen Reed, who becomes the first black mayor of Montgomery, Alabama today. He was just inaugurated. Um, and uh, it's a pretty extraordinary moment for him and the city of Montgomery, Alabama. So congratulations there. And um, uh, Maya Cummings is going to be possibly running for Elijah's seat. His wife. Yeah, his wife. I mean... Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I always wonder when something like that happens, like, what what it takes to do that. You know, that's got, that's got to be a, a, a difficult thing to do. But, I mean, he's I been in, he's had that job for so long. She's got to have a, quite a bit of uh, knowledge Yeah, there's got to the be some dinner yeah. conversation that would make her more than qualified after the, that many years. Exactly. So, uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're getting back into our favorite Thanksgiving music. You know, the overlooked music of the season. That's it up, is, yes. That's Another next. Thanksgiving song debuts on <laughs> Channel Q next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. So, I'm so happy right now. I, well, I'm excited too. <laughs> so we've been doing this thing starting yesterday. This is our second day running. And uh, I think so it's, it's basically a tradition at this point. It's a tradition. <laughs> we have to do this every year from now on. I think it's important because we talked about this yesterday. Everybody forgets about Thanksgiving in general, but specifically a lot of people forget about Thanksgiving music. There is Thanksgiving music. Maybe there's not enough for 24 hours a day of it for an entire two-month period, but still, there are some Thanksgiving songs out there and nobody ever hears them. So I have to tell you, I, when we were thinking, I don't even remember who I who came up with this in the meeting. And to be fairly honest, it might have been me. But I remember you said think, there were Thanksgiving songs. Yeah, and I was I like, saw, what? And oh, then yes. I started looking them up, and I was like, we have to do this. I saw an article about it, and it was like, there's Thanksgiving music that doesn't get you know appreciated. And I was like, oh, maybe that'd be an interesting segment. But I also thought to myself, like, this could be really stupid. Yeah. But now we're two songs. That's why in. I liked it. And, well, <laughs> of course, all right. And then today, like, we were just playing the song here in the studio to get ready for the segment, and I'm like. This is a jam. Yeah. Like, I love this song. That's what's great about doing this is that we're going to do 12 Days of Thanksgiving. We started off yesterday with the uh, Let's Do the Turkey Trot. I forget who that's by. But Let's Do the Turkey Trot is by Little Eva. Okay, by Little Eva. But this song today, that was a cute song yesterday, actually. It, it Not was Maddo. cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I could see a little kid dressed as a pumpkin dancing around to that. But let me tell you, but this Jay one, and the Techniques, Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie is a jam. So this is the second song that we're going to be playing, and this is day two of our 12 Days of Thanksgiving. And don't worry, we will be putting all of this on a playlist yes. so that on Thanksgiving... You can you have can, your own playlist. Exactly. You can have your own 12-song playlist. Maybe you can opt in a few Christmas songs to please the relatives, but it's going to be a Thanksgiving playlist. So, yes, I've, I've just put it on Apple Music, and I'll, I'll share a link to it on our Twitter. It's called Drop the Subject Presents Thanksgiving Music Matters Too. And so each day I'll add the new song to the playlist so you can keep yourselves updated. And uh, we're going to gonna have a playlist for you for Thanksgiving. You're very welcome, yeah, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know what? We have news that are losing coming up. We have a lot more exciting things but without further ado here is today's thanksgiving song apples peaches pumpkin pie Oh, 
subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Just want to remind you, if you're loving the Thanksgiving music, we just tweeted out the link to the playlist that will be growing every single day with new songs on it. Um, we just played Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie by Jay and the Techniques. One of my new favorite songs, got to be honest. Um, you're adding it to your Thanksgiving playlist for... I'm, well, I'm, I mean, you're going to use ours, but you're already... You're, I didn't know you were hosting a Thanksgiving party. Yeah, I'm host, I think I'm going to host like a day after Thanksgiving kind of thing, so I'm, I'm going to be playing the playlist at our party. But it's time for News It or Lose It. Allie's got five headlines. I've got five votes. We'll see how many stories you guys get. All right. These are some good ones. I think you've got your work cut out for you, if headline. you do say so yourself. I do. The headline number one. These may be the top baby names of 2020. Oh, okay. Well, we have to do that. Yeah, we have to. Headline number two. I don't think you'll be able to refuse. Alex Trebek gets choked up on Jeopardy. This story's already in my news. It'll lose it. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you have this one. Ah, uh, thank you. It's a, good, it's a great story. Headline number three. North Bay Brewery releases FPG&E beer gets bombarded with one-star Yelp reviews. Ooh. Shade. News it. Headline number four. BarkBox is aware that their new dog toy looks like a flashlight. <laughs> oh, I did not see that coming. Um, can we, we can say that. Um, yeah, we can say flashlight. It's yeah, a product. Okay. All right. And is then it? finally, headline number five, police warn of untrustworthy drug dealers who offered away drugs using their iPhone calculators. Absolutely not. <laughs> Lose it. All right. So we got four stories for you. BarkBox is aware that their new sex toy, or not sex toy, dog toy looks like a sex toy. North Bay Brewery releases an FPG&E beer and it doesn't go well. Alex Trebek getting choked up on Jeopardy and the top baby names of 2020 are all on deck. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. That's right. Ellie, you got a, a very respectable four out of five. Um, you should be proud. I, I, yeah, you know what? I wasn't really expecting much of anything, so I'm excited to get four out of five. Um, all right, what's your first story? Okay, so I thought we would start with the baby names that, well, the, they they predict what the baby name trends are going to be in 2020. Mm-hmm. Of course, people can go any which way they want, so this is all up in the air. And I do think we should do a new baby draft, a baby name draft for 2020. I think that's fair. Because we did, we kind of half-assed our draft. We haven't really been keeping up on it, but drafting baby names that we think are going to be big trends in 2020 I think is always a fun thing so here are some of the names for girls but I will say there are a lot of unisex names in here or gender neutral names I should say all right number one no actually we'll start with number 10 (laughs) she's a bad guy is it Billy? It's Billy with an IE. Oh, God. It's because everybody cannot resist trends, so they're just going to name their babies after their favorite song, favorite artist. I'm going to say that they're naming them after Billy Holiday and not Billy Eilish. I mean, yeah, I, it's not that I don't like the name Billy. I think it's a cute name. Well, I'm, it's not even that I'm like against Billy Eilish. It's just like hard for me to imagine that like parents are naming their kids after her. Like, she doesn't seem like the kind of the person that I would want my kids to be like emulating. 
She seems uh, like very dark and depressed all the time. Well, but I think she's trying to make a, a statement, isn't she? I mean, you know more about Billie Eilish than I do. Isn't she like dressing many baggy clothes because she doesn't want to be objectified and things like that? Like, I think she's kind of dark, but she's got a nice message to her. Yeah, definitely. I don't think she's like most of the, the social media thoughts out there. She's, you know, she wants to be recognized for her art rather than... Yeah. She just said no. her murky look or whatever. Yeah, and her. she's a teenager. All teenagers are like depressed, you know? That's true. They're all yeah, angsty. She's the modern right day now. angsty teen kind of. She's like our the, the new Alanis. Okay. That's what's right. Next? Yeah. What's, what's next? All right. Pearl. 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 I think that's a super cute name. I Pearl is such a throwback name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Aura. <laughs> I like guess O-R-A? it's because of no A U R A. I guess that's A-U-R-A. from everyone's obsession with goddess moon circles. Of course. Number seven, Nova. Oh, Nova's interesting. Nova's actually the name of a character on a show that I love called Queen Sugar on Own. Not sure that they're naming them their kids after Nova Board alone, but I love that. <laughs> Number six. This is actually a, a nice tip 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 of the cap to me because this is one of the characters in my pilot, Butch Pal for the Straight Gal, and this is one of the most lesbian names out there, Tegan. Oh, I wonder how Tegan and Suzette feel about that. I wonder how Tegan and Suzette feel <laughs> if we could only interview them. Number five is Amina. Amina? Where's yeah. that coming from? I don't know. Maybe someone just mispronouncing amino acids. I wonder if there's like a show with an Amina on it. Okay. Uh, Amina Matata. That's what they say. Number four, Paisley. Number three, really? Mika. M-I-K-A. Okay. Number two, Reese. I love Reese and just Reese's. That's and I would take that uh, if anyone ever made fun of me in school, you know, with like a Reese's peanut butter cup joke. I'd be yeah. like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take. I'm that. the most delicious candy ever. Then That's yeah, sure. So good. And then finally, Ada. Ada, like A I D A. A D A H. A D A H. Ada. 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 I like that better. I just want to know. Hello, my name is Ada. I want to know where these names are coming from. Like, I do they've got to be like pop culture or something. Yeah, but. these are like their predictions. So but who knows? Most of these I've I've not really heard like in pop culture. So that's interesting. All okay. right, let's go through the men really quickly. Luca, Ash, A S H. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a like a teeny bop. Like I don't know, like smoldery teen. I just met kind a, of name. a guy like, named this Ash. Is Ash. But I think his name was Asher or Ashton or something like that. Cash. Okay. Something that we, I mean, people With a K aren't or even, a C? C. Okay. People aren't even going to know what Cash is anymore anyway, so that'll be a great name. It's Lush. like being named Floppy Disk. Like, what is that? <laughs> VHS. Ooh. <laughs> Lucius. Lucius? Are you serious? Yeah. Lucius Lion? That's Lucious the only- Lucius Lion. From, it can't be Lucius Lion from Empire. It just can't be. Uh, yeah, it says, while Lucy, Lucia, and Lucian are still rising in popularity, Lucius has yet to hit the top 1,000, but they think it's going to change in 2020. That's so interesting. Okay. Let's see. Number six is Easton. Mm, huh. Technically a place a name, literally meaning East Town. It's prepper and more popular than the cowboyish Weston. Okay. Uh, number five, Diego. Oh, now, Diego's, you've never met an ugly Diego in your life. They're Diego's always, always hot. They're yeah, always I will. I will give you that. Number four, Tate. Oh, I like Tate. I like Tate. Number three, I don't love, Acacius. What? A-C-A-C-I-U-S. What is your nickname if your name is Acacius? Okay. 
<laughs> okay. You can call me okay. 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 <laughs> My name's Acacius, but you can call me okay. 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 Acacius. Does it say where that came from? This ancient name carries the trendy S ending and a botanical naming, a style winner on three accounts. I don't know. So I guess that's just something they're throwing in there. Number two, Alva. Alva? Okay. Mm-hmm. Alva! <laughs> and then finally, number one is Austin, as in the city. I think people are going to name their kids after cities much more in the future. Yeah. Austin, I mean, it's a great city. And it's, I, I haven't, I, I always think about like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm always thinking if I have kids, I want to name them things that are like, at least attractive good people and I'm like Diego you ain't ever met an ugly yeah Diego. you gotta think about that you yeah. really do because when you have your baby even if their genes are good if you give them the wrong name never met an ugly Jordan like if you're going Egret Egret you're like oh that baby just starts morphing as soon as you Yikes. give it a name yeah yeah alright we're gonna talk about BarkBox and their new dog toy which has a sexual connotation for a lot of people Yikes. an fp and beer that a North Bay brewery has released and it's getting negative reviews and Alex Trebek oh we're gonna make pull on your heartstrings next so don't go anywhere drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel Q Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Allie, um, you got four out of five, and you've got three left. So, I do. Uh, what you got? I'm on borrowed time. Yeah. Well, BarkBox is. Jesus. Not a nickname I had in high school, but it is <laughs> a company that sends out some. Uh, customized monthly treats and toys for your pets. Actually, one of those really smart subscription services, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, they like, can subscription service everything Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, great. Yeah. Uh, I had to talk Katie out of a Yogi Box that was happening several months in a row, and of I course. thought that was completely useless. That's a whole different topic. But BarkBox, they, uh, they were advertising one of their Thanksgiving dinner Bark Boxes, and it included a little toy that is supposed to resemble pigs in a blanket. It's beige on the outside, pink on the inside, and it says toys tailored to your pup's size. And there are small ones, medium ones, and then there's the big honking pigs in a blanket. Of course, at the end of this blanket, it they made it look like a pig's butt with a little curly cue on it. Oh no! So yeah, you kind of get what I'm. You're picking up what it's I'm like, putting down, Jared. It looks wrong. like a flashlight, and that's a little bit tough. <laughs> for them to address, but the person who designed it has has uh, put on a blog post and responded to this saying for the record never crossed my mind I am fair I'm a fairly nasty human and I didn't even notice I'm a fairly nasty human yes that's hilarious isn't that I'm a fairly nasty human so if there was some kind of adult thing to it I would have noticed so I'm looking at this thing and like on the first picture I'm like I don't get it and then you look at the second one and you're like like, oh "Oh." right yeah I'm gonna tweet out the link to this so you guys can see it on, on our DTS show on Twitter Twitter. Uh, yikes, that was crazy. Uh, yeah, I wish that we could talk about that forever, but we fi- for- unfortunately have to move on. I will say that it is confusing when you think about toys and things like that. Like I, when I, when Kevin had his baby, I'm pretty sure that somebody got his baby a dog toy. Like I think that a lot of them are interchangeable, and it's yeah. tough to tell the difference. And dogs do love sex toys; uh, they love chewing them up. Okay, 
There's a Santa Rosa brewery. Of course, Santa Rosa has been victim to many, many fires over the past couple years, and they are angry about it. So a Santa Rosa brewery, they got fed up with multiple years of this, and they decided to put a beer on tap and and name it themselves. They called it FPG&E. And of course, they didn't just say F, they said the entire word. And they said that they didn't, when they did this, it was a conscious decision. They said there were no problems Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, but then at some point on Saturday afternoon, uh, over the weekend, some person saw it, misread it, which I don't know how you can misread it. It says FPG&E. And then a bunch of things exploded. People got very, very upset. And their Yelp suffered the consequences. Somebody with a one-star review said, My husband works for PG&E. They are the hardest working employees and the most generous. My husband will let will be letting crews know to pass this S S show of a bar due to your low classic in ignorance. I will say, like, uh, we, we've talked to my dad on the show a couple of times here, and like, my dad used to work for PGE. He retired from PGE, worked there as long. He started working there the year before I was born and retired like two or three years ago. And like, they are incredibly hardworking people. And I know like people are frustrated with the power outages and all that kind of stuff, but it's also like a situation where they there's not really an alternative that they can offer in the, in the immediate, you know, future. And like, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is because cutting off people's power every other week seems... Not to work either. It seems to not work. I mean, especially considering how many fires there are still. But also, like, those people at PG&E are really great people from everything that I've had the experience with. So I kind of understand. Yeah, I know. Uh, Well, just quickly before we move on, somebody from the restaurant said, my read on it is that I guess people have inferred something else from what I have actually said and assume that I'm against the employees which are here and are helping us, uh, which we have as regulars, which we support. Then people who are also assuming that for an area like we are in Santa Rosa where we've been horribly horribly burned by fires and all the fallout from that we also for some reason don't like the people that are helping us I guess that's kind of painful too we're not against those people which seems like a very confusing convoluted apology yeah anyway let's end with a feel good story shall we I mean I guess it is a little bit sad but still uh, Jeopardy still going on Alex Trebek still on the show even though he has pancreatic cancer and uh, somebody it was the final Jeopardy round at the end when everyone writes down their answer right. and you get to see all their crappy handwriting. And uh, one of the guys got the answer wrong, but it was what he wagered that got Alex Trebek choked up. Drew, you're smiling. I like that. Let's take a look at your response. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is we love you? Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Costs you $19.95. You're left with five bucks. Okay. What you can't <laughs> necessarily tell on the radio is those pauses are... He's like looking Alex down Trebek, and trying to keep it together. Yeah, he, he starts to choke up. Um, Alex Trebek has obviously been dealing with pancreatic cancer and kind of thought he had beaten it and then it's kind of come back. Um, and so it's been a, a are challenging... You, are you getting choked up? No, I, I'm like, I realize it sounds like I'm getting choked up. It's just my voice doing something. <laughs> um, but like, I love Alex Trebek. I love Jeopardy. And like, I always joke like, well, I'm not joking, but like, I really want that job, but that's not the way you want to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that guy. I think he's one of the best hosts in television after having gone to multiple uh, Jeopardy tapings. And I, he has been really emotional about it. He talked in, in interviews about how he didn't expect to be so emotional um, throughout the process of, of like going through uh, treatment and recovery but um, it's been diff- it's been really difficult and to see somebody like him get emotional somebody that he's just been so stoic and so consistent over so many years and to see he's a, he's a game show host that doesn't 
He's not flashy. Yeah. He just does his job. He and he doesn't make it about him. He just adds to the show and makes the show better. Yeah. And he always just kind of has this professionalism and this, uh, you know, intelligence to him. So to see him have to see his softer side peek through as yeah. you're like, ha, ha, ha. he's really a fantastic, like awesome guy. He's he's just like a regular guy. He tells stories about like fixing the in, in the commercial breaks he talks about fixing the gate to his house and you know things that he had to do around the house for his wife and all that he's like he's just like such a normal guy who has an extraordinary job so uh and he our, still loves his job after all these years yeah absolutely so uh, our love to alex trebek and everyone over at jeopardy uh we'll take a quick break when we come back more drop the subject drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q what an appropriate song for what we're about to do. I love that song from Icona Pop. It's called I Love It. You're listening to Channel Q and Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. That's Allie. And we're getting ready to get into um, another list that we're doing, another countdown. What are we going to do after the holidays are over? We'll have to like program a whole different show. Well, you know, after the holidays are over, it begins the end of the year lists. I mean, the listicles. Oh, yeah. The uh, yeah, Here right. were the craziest memes of 2019. Yeah, here were the craziest hand gestures of 2019. 2020 and all that kind of stuff. Here so. your favorite sweaters of 2019. So I'm doing my list of like the stuff that I love and most of it is like stuff around my house and like some of it is stuff that you can't buy because Ali yesterday you were saying like some of it should be just like a really great feeling. It doesn't so, have to be. Yeah, you yeah. pick whatever you want. It's so, your favorite thing. Things, so I have a list of 10 things uh, and um, I'm going to tell you what they are and why I love them so much. Yes, because Oprah does her favorite things. And our favorite things matter too. Yeah, and I heard that on her on Oprah's favorite things list, there's also a $400 earthquake kit. Yes. So I, while that's a practical gift, it's expensive. So it's nice to have some things Tis. that are... So the first things that I love are I have a bunch of kits? no I have like a bunch of like smart outlets and light bulbs at my house and I can control all this stuff from an app in my phone and so my lights can come on automatically I can turn them on whether I'm home or not and they also turn all kinds of like cool colors my light bulbs do they really? turn like a thousand different colors a like a thousand yeah there's a thousand different colors that you can choose from like a whole rainbow spectrum um, and they're from this company called Casa and I I love them. It's one of my very favorite things in my house. You So you literally have rainbow lights in your house. Well, they can change whatever color I want them to be, yeah. So, like, at the holidays, I'll change them to, you know, red and green or whatever. Um, if I'm watching, um, like, a TV show, I will change the colors in the in the room. It's just, Whoa, yeah, I love it. How exciting. So yeah. you can do, like, black and orange for Halloween. Exactly, and yeah. And, wow, interesting. Yeah, I love do, can doing Can you do that. black light for sexy times? Um, Well, it, it's purple, yeah. Cool. For sexy times, You yeah. do purple for sexy times? I haven't. Well, I think most people do red for sexy times. <laughs> but red is like really scary. If I'm watching, yeah, like red a scar- is scary. I've also done it before when I have like friends over and we're watching something scary. Like when something scary happens, I'll hit the red for the lights, and like people are like, "What the hell just happened?" Like, yeah, tricking people—that's exciting. It's a lot of fun. Um, but also, like my lamps and all that kind of stuff are on smart outlets, and like I have lights outside that come on automatically. Ugh, it's really cool. That's something I've always wanted to do, but I'm way too dumb or lazy. Here's or the both. thing. It's not even expensive. Like, I don't, I think yes, the most, ex- no, it's not. It's like $35 for like the most expensive thing I bought yeah, was one of my outlets. All right. We can't, I mean, but it's right. not expensive. I promise you. But what if I have regular people lights? You just put, you get an outlet and you plug the light into the outlet. Oh, I see. So you yeah. just plug it into the outlet. Oh, And I it see. connects to your Wi-Fi uh, and it makes it a smart light. Okay. Um, I love this liquid soap. 
that um, I use in the shower, it works as a body wash, it works as a face wash, it works as a shampoo, uh-huh. it works as a, like, it's fantastic. Okay. It's called Dr. Natural Pure Castile Sh- Liquid Soap. And my friend, I I only learned about this. You know how you go like to someone else's house and you're staying there and you have to use their stuff that yes, they have? Yes, and then you're like, this is amazing. This Why is aren't amazing. I using this? My best friend Jarrett has this in his shower all the time and it is the best like body wash. It lathers so nicely. It's all natural. It's fantastic. Is it for, uh, is it gender neutral? Yes, it is. So it'll smell nice for me too. It does, yes. I, I use the almond scented one. It's just, it's so good. So Dr. Natural Pure Castile Liquid Soap. Mm. And it's like, five, it's like eight bucks and it's like huge. Really? And it goes into the shower. It comes with like a pump. It's it's perfect. Oh. I love it. Um, the other thing that I love, when people come over to my house, I, I, you don't say like, oh, do you want water or anything like that? Um, I have these glass bottles that are from Ikea. They're like $3. And I always fill them up with water and put them into the fridge because it's better than pulling out the big Brita filter. And people always are so impressed. They're like, oh, this is so fancy. I'm like, this is a $3 glass bottle from Ikea. I will say I've learned that too from catering. Yeah. You just uh, go over to the faucet in the back. Fill it up. Fill it up with a really cute little looking bottle. And people are like, ooh. It's so nice. And so I have, I stole a couple of them from work and I have them. It's like those blue tops, the glass with the blue tops. Yeah. You can get them at Ikea. They're super cheap. I fill up, I I fill up my Brita filter and just pour the water from the Brita filter into the bottles and you have filtered water and it's cold in the fridge. It's great. Because you know, it's not one of my favorite things is refilling the Brita every five seconds. Exactly. Yes. So, and like it, it really elevates the whole thing. If you have a dinner Mm. party, you have glass bottles on the thing. People love it. Um, my favorite thing that I bought last year is called an Instant Pot. Are you from, do you, you cook? Do you know what the Instant Pot is? Are you talking about the, the crock pot that can do a million, million different things? Yes, yes I have that too. Dozen different things. Yes, I got it for Christmas last year. I love it. Now, mind you, I use it the most as a glorified rice cooker, let's just be honest. <laughs> but I love it for, you can saute, you can bake, you can boil, you can steam, you can pressure cook, you yep. can do everything in it. Um, and I learned about this also from my best friend. You can because boil eggs. You can boil eggs, you can do anything. Same best friend who had the soap, his building, like, they went out of gas. Like, they had a gas outage for a year in their building. A Whole what? other crazy conversation, right? But Is he couldn't legal? cook. It's not. Um, <laughs> huge lawsuit, different conversation. Jeez. But he ended up getting an Instant Pot, which allowed him to be able to do all of the different things that it does in his house. And I, it was fantastic. That I will definitely second that. That's definitely one of my favorite things. Yeah. Throwing a bunch of chicken in there with some spices and just letting it cook for, like, four oh, hours. So You're done. Good. So good. Um Lastly, before we take a quick break, and I'll come back with more, I'm a person who lived by myself for a long time, and I get used to like walking out of the house and having that panic of, oh my God, did I just lock myself out of the house? So I bought a master lock lockbox and put it on the front of my door, and I have a spare key in it, and it's like locked up, and I never have the anxiety when I walk out of my front mm. door anymore, because I always know like if I left my keys, I can like use a code and get back into my You know, place. I will say that my, my building went smart, at least just with our door yeah. handles, uh, or, or our locks. Yeah. So they got rid of the keys and they put in a code. Yeah. So now I just put in a four-digit code. So now I never think about my key, which is kind of awesome. They have smart out, smart door locks that you can buy. They're like two, three hundred dollars, but like you never have yeah, to worry about nice that. Yeah, this was nice because they did it. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but even if you get it for yourself, it's great a great way to be able to let people into the house without having to give them a key. Yeah, I just give someone a temporary code yeah. and then they can if get it. If you have in. an Airbnb, it's but great yeah, for the that. Lock, yeah, that's it's fantastic. Great. So I just love the little lockbox that hangs on my door oh. and I never have to worry about it. Hide a rock. We hide, hardly knew you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, more of my favorite things. And then we've got a lot of feedback from all of you on the social medias. We're going to do all of that coming up next. 
Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. We are back and we're in the middle of our favorite things because, you know, our favorite things matter too. And uh, yesterday, Allie did her rundown of her favorite things. I'm in the middle of the things. Which is on our Twitter, at DTS Show. It's on the Twitter machine. Would you like to keep up? Um, I'm going to have mine on the Twitter um, by the end of the show. And then tomorrow, Emmy's doing her rundown of her favorite things. Thursday, Justin's going to be giving us his spectacular list. So, okay. Some of these things we said are not things that you can buy. One of my absolute favorite things in all of creation is what I call the Ninja Nap. The Ninja Dab? What's N- no, that? Ninja Nap. Oh. I love nothing more. <laughs> I was more. like, I didn't know you were such a weed smoker, but I, I'll do a Ninja <laughs> Dab with you. Sure, let's I do it. I love nothing more than like that nap that you don't see coming. Oh, and it just sneaks up on you. It sneaks up on you, and you don't even know that it's happening until you're waking up like, oh my God, when did I go to sleep? I saw you uh, embarking in a ninja nap last week. We had had our show meeting. Yes, and then I was I in w- the green room because yep. I had to wait to go to something else. I went to go do something, and then when I came back, you were passed out. I was knocked out. I was so tired. And like, I also like hate like sleeping at, like, at work is like a really weird place to take a nap. I don't like t- napping at work either. Yeah, in the green room, though, I was like, it doesn't make sense for me to go home because I have to be back up here and but like yeah a great nap will just oh well the, sne- your whole the sneak up on you nap that you give into yes exactly is also what makes it great if it's if a sneak up on you ninja nap happens and you can't ninja nap that's horrible oh, but if yeah. you give in to the ninja nap mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that's just like a 10 minute or yeah yeah okay so Ali, um, emmy's giving us a short time so okay i found these candles on uh we talk about candles all the time I found these candles on Amazon and they're like tea lights, but you know, tea lights always burn out in like an hour and a half or two. Yeah. These are long burning ones. They go from six to eight hours. Wait, but they're the same size? They're the same size. They're just deeper and they, they're like maybe like twice the depth of a regular one and they burn for six to eight hours. They're amazing. Always good for a good dinner party. Really? You, I mean, half of this stuff is for a great dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. And like you get like a hundred of them in a box. Except for the Ninja Nap. Well, except, right. I mean, if they could deliver that. Um, Okay. Got to give you a book because I'm an Oprah kid. My favorite book of all time is called The Four Agreements. Have you read this book? Oh, I've heard of The Four Agreements. Yeah, I've never read it, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, It is the most fantastic book. What I think what is the best thing about it is how quick a read it is. Because like, I'm not a physical book reader. I love an audiobook. But like, you can fly through this book in no time. And it like completely changed my life. Really? I read it. When like, did you read it? I think I read it like a decade ago. I want to say I still lived in Atlanta. Because it's an older book. Isn't it, it is. It's been out for a long time. But it is basically four agreements that you make with yourself about how you address the world and how you move about the world. Um, and the things that you let bother you, the way that you handle your life and all that kind of stuff. It's such a fantastic book. I think every person should read it. Um, number nine. I, this is... <laughs> This is something that only I would say. It's a white quilted comforter. <laughs> Just a basic white quilted comforter. You can get them at any store that you go to. They're like 30 or $40. I think having a white quilted comforter on your bed, you know, I have an interior design business, so this is always how my brain works. Why does it need to be white? I just, because I feel like it just looks so crisp and clean and beautiful. The only thing is it's 30, $40, but you have to replace it like every year. Oh, you mean you could put the duvet over it? You can. I see. Uh, see. Well, no, no, no. I like just a white, crispy blanket. Finally, the last thing, because Emmy's like, hurry up. My favorite thing of all time is the look on my mom's face when I surprised her last weekend. When like I walked in. <laughs> oh, that's right, because you went up to the bay. Uh, yeah, I surprised her. I walked into her party, and she had no idea I was coming, and she was so excited. That was 
money can't buy that. I surprised my mom, I think a couple years ago, coming up to the Bay Area. And when you're flying in or driving in or something yeah. and your mom doesn't expect it, mm, it's a good yeah. feeling. Coming up next, David Hackenfar is going to be here. He's going to be breaking down this breaking news that's coming out of uh, the Supreme Court that has to do with Donald Trump trying to get rid of DACA. What are the details about that? We'll explain next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. There is uh, some goings on in the Supreme Court today having to do with DACA. So we figured we would chat with one of our friends. Yes. Uh, we have David Hackamfar from Pride Legal. And I want to let you know what we're talking about. So you might be f- com- f- uh, familiar with DACA or the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program um, that was implemented in the Obama era that basically said that children that were born here in the United States, about 800,000 of them, um, that were that got like birthright citizenship because of them being born here, but their parents weren't from here, that they would be protected and that they would not uh, be, they wouldn't like, be deported, yeah. deported out of the country, that their information wouldn't be taken and used against them. The Trump administration came in and has basically tried to end that because it was done through an executive order and not through Congress. And if it's an executive order, the, the next president can um, strike it down. So this has gone all the way up to the Supreme Court. And today there were hearings um, in Congress, in, excuse me, in the Supreme Court. And it looks like the Supreme Court might be supporting the Trump administration and trying to get rid of it. So David Hackenfar is joining us right now. It's kind of break down what exactly happened. Good hey, David. morning. Morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Very, very well. Thank you. So can you kind of give us a, a breakdown of what, how this happened today in Supreme Court in the Supreme Court and what uh, it looks like is going to happen? Sure. Uh, well, let's look at the genesis of DACA. DACA came from a memorandum a prosecutorial memorandum from Janet Napolitano. Remember Janet Napolitano in Obama's administration? Yes. Oh, how could I forget? She, she <laughs> basically passed around a memorandum to three of the major agencies in June of 2012, setting prioritization of who to prosecute and not to prosecute um, for deportation. And it was the 700,000 young immigrants known as Dreamers who were afforded protection under this memorandum. So what really is at issue here before the Supreme Court? There are two questions when you look at the docket. One, is this judicially reviewable? And two, is this lawful? So what they're first looking at is whether or not this is something that they could even review, because we have to look at the genesis of what DACA came from. And it's a memorandum. A memorandum is not an executive order. It's not legislation. It's not a bill. So we have to be very careful. This is not about, you know, one side, just because there's a piece of purported law that helps a group of people you like, or hurts a group of people you don't like. It's not about that. It's about how this law was made, Mm. how it came into effect that's before the Supreme Court. So where it started is really in question, not like where it ended up in, in an executive order and being policy. Exactly. Like in, in the Bush administration, Cheney came up with another memorandum called the Unitary Executive Power. And what the Unitary Executive Power would do, it would say there is, you know, it would put the preeminence of executive power above all other branches. It would basically say the president has the sole authority to designate someone as an enemy combatant, as a citizen. Which overrides being a co-equal branch. Which overrides that, which is why we have to be very careful. Remember Obama used to say, and we we voted for Obama when he would say, he said, I am not a king, I cannot just sign things into law. Right. 
And that's unfortunately, you know, people, there are good reasons to like DACA. Um, unfortunately, this isn't really legislation. This isn't even, even a piece of law. So it would be the best way to compare it would be in California. We have the death penalty. However, the attorney general and the governor choose not to enforce that law. Gotcha. Okay. So, so what is the law? So what happened today in the Supreme Court? Before the Supreme Court, they were reviewing two questions. One, is this something that the, that the Supreme Court would, could review? And two, is it lawful? So it's going to have to pass the first question first, whether or not it's something that they could review. For example, could the Supreme Court review a decision by the attorney general not to enforce the death penalty? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a question uh, raised up by the petitioners in this matter. And they said that, no, it's perfectly fine for them to do that. And then so we have to be very careful. The Constitution is not just a list of suggestions. It must be followed. So that's why I think that both groups, groups that just completely go against Trump just because Trump is going on something, they're wrong. And the the Trump supporters just saying, oh, Trump's supporting this, I'm supporting it, great. They're wrong, too. This is a question about the constitutionality. This is a question about whether a memorandum is law. So then, I Hmm. guess, finally... And they're reviewing whether they can review it. They're reviewing whether or not they can take it on as a full case. So it it seems like they appear to be thinking that they're going to let him in DACA. Is that right? It it appears very much so. uh, From the questions that I was reviewing the transcript, and the questions that the Supreme Court justices were asking are are more the questions that that I'm discussing with my lawyer friends that that we're discussing now whether or not this is actual law whether or not this is permanent policy. Mm. So this is really a constitutional issue rather than an immigration issue rather than a humanitarian issue. And and you know the the, the, the it DACA does pull on the heartstrings of people, but we have to realize we have to keep our eye on the ball that this is truly a constitutional issue, and when it cuts against us. It can hurt us, too. Mm. But so when but what how does the timing work out with this? Because if the Supreme Court decides that, okay, yes, we can make a decision on this and then they decide, yes, Donald Trump can end DACA. Would he even if he didn't win in 2020, presuming that would he even be sitting a sitting president? If they took this up as a and correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, if they took this up as an actual case, the the ruling would come out in June and he would still have time to strike it down. before he would still have time. Okay, so then by June. Huh. There would be time, but it, it you know it, it moves very slowly in government. So yeah. who knows what would happen? It, it's it's a prosecutorial hierarchy memorandum, so they would have to begin prosecutions right away. It, it would take a lot of time to roll into effect. David, we thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate thank you, you so coming much. in to, to help break this down. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dr. Jen Mann's going to be here. We're talking about couples who want to one where one person wants to go to therapy and the other person is just not convinced. She's going to explain to us <laughs> how exactly we can uh, how you can navigate those situations that's coming up next and drop the subject drop the subject we'll be right back the new channel q drop the subject the new channel q welcome back to drop the subject i'm jared that's ali and joining us right now is none other than our favorite her name is dr jen man hey jen hey how's it going Good. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Happy holiday season now that we're kind of in the throes of Thanksgiving. You know, I had one question, Dr. Jen, before we get into the the subject matter today, which is about couples therapy and whether and what happens when one one person in the couple is uh, resistant to couples therapy. But do you know or have you read anything about Tuesday being the most depressing day of the week? 
Um, you know, I have not read any statistics rating depression on the various different days. Um, I see a lot of people who get Sunday blues that kind of when their work week is about to start, kind of the fun of the weekend is ending, that they get kind of down. So, you know, look, Tuesday makes sense because you're already, you're in it and you're at the very beginning and you got a long road ahead of you. So it would make sense. Well, I get excited on Tuesdays because I enjoy talking to you, Dr. Jen. We both do. Dr. Jen is a licensed psychotherapist. She's a a marriage and family therapist, and she writes a weekly column in InStyle where uh, this week we're talking about what happens when, you know, you think as a couple you need to go to couples therapy. Yeah, so you got a question from a reader that says, my boyfriend and I have relationship issues that could really benefit from professional help, but he refuses to go to couples therapy. How could I get him to come around to the idea? So what? What do you think? What, how do you get someone to go to therapy if they don't want to? This is really common. I, I see this all the time. And, and typically when couples come in, I would say that probably two out of three times, one person is kind of being dragged in to some degree. Right. And one person like super enthusiastic, like, hey, this is going to help us. This is awesome. So it, it's really common. You know, there are a number of reasons why people are resistant to going in. A lot of the time, one person thinks that they're going to be the bad guy. Sometimes people are nervous about being vulnerable to a stranger and sharing intimate details of their relationship. Sometimes even being vulnerable to their partner can be really challenging. Having to talk about or look at uncomfortable things, experience uncomfortable feelings tends to kind of make people want to bolt. A lot of the time, the issues that are coming up in couples work are things from someone's childhood, someone's history, someone's past pain that can be hard to face. So it makes sense. You know, not everybody is um, enthusiastically embracing couples therapy, but it can be really helpful. And one of the things for people to know that are resistant is that a good couples therapist views the relationship in a system. So it's not one person's a good guy and one person's a bad guy. If you have a therapist that's saying that, then there's there's a problem. And, you know, an example is, you know, on couples therapy, um, season six of my show, um, Big Ange and her husband had a, a an issue about him lying to her. And mm-hmm. it's easy to point the finger and say, oh, he's bad because he's lying. And he even admitted he's lying. But when you looked at the system of their relationship and were able to say, well, part of the reason why he's lying is because she's berating him the way she's talking to him, that when he messes up something that she comes down on him so hard that he is being avoidant. And well, yes, it's bad that he's lying. At the same time, it's part of a system of communication that's the problem. So both people have to make shifts in their behavior and and learn some new tools. So do you notice that the person who is drag you say two times out of three, it's usually one person dragging in the other person. Do you ever notice the person? Degree. Yeah. What's that? To some degree. There are some people where it's just like one is like, yay, therapy. And the other is like, oh, I don't know about this. Right. But, you know, they're not like jumping in. But, but do yeah. You, do you notice that the person who, quote unquote, dragged or suggested coming to therapy is the one who thinks they are the good guy? And then do you notice a shift when they realize mm. that both people have their own stuff because it is a system? It's a it's a good question. Oftentimes, they are the one that is most comfortable talking about feelings. That tends to be the trend. And a lot of the time, they are the one that is most in touch with their pain, and they're looking for relief. 
Mm, I see. That's interesting. I um, yeah. I was talking to my parents, uh, my mom and my stepdad are getting ready to move and like they don't have like any major problems that I'm aware of at least. But I was saying to my mom, like you guys are moving to a new state. He's starting a new job. She hasn't gotten a new job yet. And I was saying to her, I was like, you guys should probably consider like some kind of a couples therapy. You're about to go through like some massive life changes and it'd probably be really helpful yep. for you to get through those things. And I, my mom was like, uh... I don't know. I mean, okay. And like she said, okay, in that way that I knew she wasn't going to do it. But I was like, totally. I, I, but can you talk about like couples going to therapy in the good times as well? Um, not just when they're having yeah. issues. And look, one of the reasons why I love premarital therapy is you get people before any of the big issues happen. And then it's always good to have someone who is a resource for moments like exactly what you're talking about. Big life changes, big milestones, and sometimes milestones that are really good and really positive can cause a lot of stress in the relationship. Like, for example, a new baby. A new baby is an exciting, wonderful, amazing blessing like regardless of the circumstances, whether, you know, you and your partner have been working with the surrogate for years and now finally that moment has happened or, you know, suddenly someone is pregnant and you're like, oh, oops, okay, we're going with this. A baby's an amazing, wonderful thing. And at the same time, it changes the dynamics of the relationship. Mm. It means that there's less time. It means that there's less focus. It means that things in the relationship shift. And having a therapist to help you through that and to plan for it and to kind of nip problems in the bud either before they come up or once they've come up and before they get too bad is really, really helpful for couples. All right, we need to take a quick break, but when we get back, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen about what you can tell somebody to get them into therapy without being harsh about it. We'll get to that next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We're talking to Dr. Jen about couples who are having difficulty in their relationship or maybe not having difficulty, but are considering uh, couples therapy, or at least one of them is considering it, and the other person is just not really into it. So what are some of the things, I mean, if, if this person's writing in and saying, you know, my, my boyfriend or my husband, they don't want to come into couples counseling, but what can I say to kind of persuade him that it might be a good thing to do? What are some of the tools and some of the things that the person can uh, can use with their partner to to get them in there. Well, first of all, you want to avoid language that is blaming. Oh, you're so messed up. We need a therapist to help you're us. Like so we got to fix this. Like, ooh, you got <laughs> issues, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised oh, okay. at how often that happens, especially when someone has acted out in a bad way. You know, like someone has cheated. Hey, you messed up. We need to get you in therapy so that you can cut this out. Mm. So avoiding language that has blame. You know, hey, look, clearly there's something in our relationship that's not working that you acted out that way. This isn't just about you and fixing you. We both need help and we need help to figure out where we go from here. Is this kind you know, of like, can, before you move on from that, is this kind of like in like leadership training, they say to use a lot of I statements like, I feel, I've noticed, I've witnessed, as opposed to you did this, yeah. you did that? Yes, and just not blaming. Yeah, okay. You know, it, it, usually the, the person, one person tends to be kind of the quote unquote identified patient, as we call it in my business. The person who's acted out, the person who it's easy to point the finger at and if you're not looking at the whole system. Hmm. And that person usually comes in with a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of, 
negative feelings and the last thing they want to do is sit for 50 minutes and talk about it and have it focused on. So if you can reduce some of that shame and blame and instead say like, hey, something about our relationship's not working. Well, you know, what you did was really hurtful and upsetting, but we both need help. What else can they do? Um, let your partner pick the therapist. Let the resistant person pick. I am a big fan of people interviewing a lot of therapists. Talk to a lot of different therapists on the phone. Meet with three people and let your partner be the one to pick. If they're the one that is more anxious about it. And then also talk about what that person's therapy fears are. Like, what are they most worried about? Don't make an assumption. Oh, you know, you just don't want to talk about your feelings when, in fact, maybe they had a bad experience with therapy as a child that they've never told you about. So to really ask in a very open-ended, open-minded way, hey, you know, I've noticed that you are not that into going to therapy. What do you think it is that holds you back? What are you concerned about? Sometimes it seems like people are mostly concerned about therapy because it's so expensive. What if the concern is more financial? That is a great point. And what most people don't realize is that all throughout this country, there are low-fee clinics where therapists have to work and do 3,000 hours under supervision in order to become licensed. I did it. Every licensed therapist does it. So what happens is you have access to people in mental health clinics that are low fee based on your ability to pay, which sometimes means nothing, and sometimes can mean $5, sometimes $10, whatever it is based on your income and ability to pay. And what you get is access to someone who generally has a master's in a master's program or a PhD program, and also a supervisor that has at least two years of supervision. So you're kind of getting two eyeballs instead of one. Mm. And one person is very experienced, so you can get really good help. That's where I started my career. It's where all therapists start their career. And so it's actually more accessible than most people think it is. Just quickly, can you, I really love that you say that you encourage people to interview and to have consultations with a multiple therapist before you decide, because that's one of been one of my biggest therapy fears was that I won't find the right therapist or you'll start therapy and you'll have a few sessions and you're like, this isn't really the right thing for me, but like I've started and I just should keep going even though I don't know. So what, what are some of the indicators that you're finding a great therapist just quickly when you're having those consultations, what are some signs where you you kind of know that it might be the right relationship and to set up an appointment versus to say, hey, maybe I'll interview with somebody else. Well, I encourage everyone to meet the therapist in person. Like if you if you talk to a bunch of therapists on the phone, if, if there's anyone you want to meet with, meet with them. Yes, of course, they're going to you're going to have to pay for their time. But you're going to get three different perspectives. Let's say you pick three Mm. different people, three different perspectives on what's going on in your relationship. And you're going to get a sense from them on how they're going to approach the problem. And it's worth that time and that investment to find the right person. It's like if you're going to date someone for the long term, you don't just show up and be like, oh, well, you know, Tinder says we're a match. So, okay, I'm in. And and I'm going to I'm willing to to do this for a year, but you want to feel the chemistry in the room. You want to ask questions and and look, I can tell you a lot about education and about licensing and all that. You know, the thing to me, look, I'm not a huge fan of life coaches. There are some good ones out there, but 
They're not required to go to school. They're not regulated. They don't get the kind of training in suicidality and severe disorders and, you know, issues that can come up when you're doing in-depth therapy. So to me, you don't want to go to a life coach. You want to go to a licensed therapist. You want to make sure that person has experience. And the the single most important thing is trust your gut. If it, the chemistry feels good, if you feel comfortable, if you feel like you can talk about things in the room, that's a great sign. I love that. Well, Dr. Jen, we really appreciate your insight today. Um, I feel like a lot of people can relate to like wanting to go to therapy with their partner, but not knowing how to get them there. So I think that's really, really valuable yes. information. You can find out more information about Dr. Jen on her website at drjenman.com. And she's at Dr. Jen Man everywhere on social media. That's two N's and man and in Jen. We thank you so much. Also, check out her book, The Relationship Fix. If you're, if you're in this situation, the book might also provide you a lot of really great insights. So thank you so yeah, much, Yeah, save Dr. you a couple of sessions, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I wrote the book to be like a year of therapy with me, a year of couples therapy. So it definitely does the job as well. I love oh, that. Wonderful. Thank you as always, Dr. Jen. We'll talk to you next week. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Always learn a lot from Dr. Jen. If you want to follow her, Jen, drjenman.com. You can read along on her InStyle uh, column that is every single week for hump day. Well, actually, she puts it a little before hump day, but yeah, <laughs> remains to be seen. Uh, a couple of updates for you on the social meds. Uh, we have, we're running out of time already. We are uh, playing catch up here, but wanted to share a few things on our social media page at DTS Show. By the way, my favorite things list is up there for your viewing pleasure, and Jarrett will put his up. Is, is yours up or it's Mine will be, be up by the end of the show, yeah. It'll be up by the end of the show. So if you're wanting to. Uh, uh, veer away from Oprah's favorite things this year. You want to see what we've going on on our favorite things. Hey, we it's a, it's an just, interesting read. If you just want to supplement Oprah's favorite things, you know you need sure some... you pick and choose. <laughs> uh, but we are getting some tweets from uh, our friend, our good old friend Chris is accusing me of being. Hold on, let me find this homophobic. He's accusing me of being homophobic, and he's right. You know what? I should take the time to just say it now. I'm glad you can admit that, finally. No, he's accusing me of uh, of, be- of managing that stupid burner account again. Mm. Said, so quick to accuse others of, of using burner accounts, projecting much at your Allie Johnson. This is, of course, we were talking earlier about Mitch McConnell and um, uh, who's the other guy that had the burner account? Um, I'm also looking in our in our Instagram DMs. Uh, Caroline Marie ninety one emailed us, uh, sent us a DM last night or earlier today actually about grilled cheese. Um, we had that whole debate about grilled cheese yesterday. It was very heated. It was no pun intended. Um, she said another one. A grilled cheese is melted cheese between bread, preferably sharp cheddar and pepper jack between sliced sourdough. No mix-ins. She doesn't believe in it. Yeah, no mix-ins. I agree. I'm I, a no mix-in lady. Listen, I don't like mix-ins. I'm just saying that technically they are still grilled cheese. Well, I I. I still fly in the face of that rule that you said yesterday because that doesn't make any sense. There, if, a, if a grilled cheese has a lettuce on it and turkey and tomatoes, that's not a damn grilled cheese. I also I love this message uh, that comes from, I think it's Hannah Man 2000. Uh, he, we did that story yesterday about the um, Price is Right model who has the uh, house for sale. Mm-hmm. He says, you know how much I think the Price is Right model should get for her house? One dollar. Just one dollar. One dollar. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. 
Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, Allison Johnson, welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill, and it's time for News It or Lose It. You've I'm got ready. a bell and five votes. I have got five stories. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I was trying to buy myself some time there because I wasn't sure that my computer was giving me what I needed. All right. (laughs) So, uh, number one, Disney Plus is here. So, here's everything you need to know. Oh, okay. That's jam-packed. Sure. There you go. Um, Where to order your Thanksgiving dinner ahead for delivery? There are plenty of places that are, like, serving up Thanksgiving dinner, and you can just call and order it, and they'll deliver it to you. Can I postpone it? Lose it until next week. Wow, you're rude. Um, (laughs) Black Friday history, the dark true story behind the name. Instagram is about to hide likes for some U.S. users. Here's Uh, what to expect. We did kind of talk about this with uh, the morning show. I'd like to get into it in detail. And then the dictionary.com word of the day, one I'm hoping that I'm saying right, Gallimaufry. Gallimaufry. Jarrett, how could you not... Talk about the dictionary.com word of the year. I saw that Justin has a dictionary.com word of the year. I felt like that's, that required some special attention. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, yeah. then I'm going to lose this, and I'd like to cover the word of the year, either today or tomorrow. Oh, you don't get to just insert stories. All right. All right. Fine. I've, I'm, I've you know my you know power's what? gotten to my head. Hold on. I'm not going to say what the dictionary.com word of the year is, but are you voting for dictionary.com word of the year? We can do that. We, why don't we do it tomorrow? Because you're right, it does d- deserve some time. Okay, so Gallimaufry is the dictionary.com word of the day. Yes Gallimaufry? No? Gallimaufry, it's spelled really crazy. No, lose it. I don't know what that business is. Right. It's way too many consonants. <laughs> All right, Instagram is about to get rid of um, likes, the bl- the dark history of the name Black Friday, and Disney Plus is here. Here's everything you need to know, and maybe it even crashed this morning. Mm. All that's coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. All right, let's get going with News It or Lose It. I am excited for the stories that I picked, and I hope you are too. Let's get right to it. What are we starting with, Jared? What? <laughs> I'm not laughing. <clears throat> Sorry. You guys don't I hear like what I like to mess Allie's. with Ginger Justin, but when the mics are off, I just start going F word, F word, F word, F word, F word until he turns the mics on. Yeah. Just to right, keep him on his so, toes, his ginger toes. Uh, thanks to our friends over at The Hollywood Reporter, this headline is Disney Plus hit by technical launch issues on launch day. Um, which is a part of their their big launch stories. Like they launched uh, Disney Plus today, and everyone's really excited about it. And according to the Hollywood, too many Rep- people. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, the statement comes out from Disney saying that uh, demand quote exceeded our high expectations, which I guess is a good problem to have, but a problem nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of us are really excited about Disney Plus. What is what are you most excited about on Disney Plus? Uh I don't. I don't know. Really? Is the Simpsons on there? I don't even know what's on there. It is actually. I, then the it's Simpsons. Fox. I'm the most excited about like all the classic movies like from childhood that you no, couldn't I, get. I definitely like that too. I have not uh, decided to get Disney Plus yet though. 
And I know that I'm kind of alone on that. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, everything Disney Plus. Uh, I think when I have kids, that'll probably be something I do. But right now, I think I'm just going to randomly have an itch to watch like Pocahontas and then I'll I, watch it somehow. I think for me, what was interesting um, is like they have so many different movies. Like I told you, I used to watch Home Alone every day like it was a TV show. Like I'm probably going to go home and watch Home Alone. Really? I, Still? I, I haven't watched it in a thousand years. I love that movie. That movie is not like it's not. First of all, tread lightly. Okay, I'm. It's a um, great movie, but I, I wouldn't want to watch one. it forever. Well, no, no, no. I'm not going to watch it forever, but like I haven't watched it in the longest time, so I want to watch that. I love the New York version, um, but like I haven't watched like the original Lion King in a long time. I accidentally watched The Little Mermaid on TV the other night, not intending to. Yeah, you tried to watch the live version, uh, exactly. and they were just playing the movie. And so, like, I think that's probably what I'm most excited about. But I think what is uh, what is making Disney Plus so interesting to people is that it's so inexpensive it's $6.99 so like anyone can afford like the $7 most anyone can afford the $7 and you know between sharing passwords and like I'll pay for it this month you pay for it that month most people can have access to it and get like a myriad of things question you might think I'm dumb for this as the LGBT (laughs) as the LGBTQ plus community as a member Mm -hmm. are we mad that Apple plus and Disney plus are taking our plus (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, uh, furious. No, there's not. Okay, uh, yeah, no one's upset I'm about that. Just really, kind of, just putting some feelings you, out. I was really upset when I first saw this, and I actually did a change.org petition. Okay, but, well, all yeah. right. Yeah, I think that you're messing with me. I love it. I think um, that we could, <laughs> yeah. we could. So I think we might have a case there. We, sitting, we might have that plus. Yeah, no, it'd be totally. like Disney Rainbow. People would be upset. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is. Serious. Just putting that out there. Um, also, what I think people are going to love about Disney Plus is they have all the Disney stuff, they have all the Pixar stuff, all the mm. Marvel stuff, all the Star Wars stuff, and National Geographic, which is kind of random. What? National okay, Geographic. now I'm in. Yeah, National Geographic. I wanted to watch Baby Animals the other day, and it was way too hard. Well, there you go. But also, like because Disney bought Fox, they have all this Fox content that'll probably be a part of it as well. I'm not exactly sure where that's going to fall. But... All right, so Disney owns the world, everyone. I mean... Did you not know that before? I mean, no, I guess I did. Because I definitely own just about everything there is. So, the plus, no one? When we come back, the dark history of the name Black Friday. And Instagram is getting ready to get rid of likes for some folks. And uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? We'll talk about it. That's next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Yes, we need you to stay for the second half of News It or Lose It. It's important. Well, we got two stories left. Do you know the background behind the the naming of Black Friday? You know, I vaguely remember, but my stoner memory could not possibly form into words anything that would make sense. I know I've heard this story before, but it's been a while, or it's been a week. Well, (laughs) or it's been a week, right? Yeah. She's like, or maybe it was this morning, Katie told me in bed. Yeah. Okay, so apparently there's been this story that has gone around for years. This this story comes from Huffington Post, uh, and it says, maybe you're familiar with the wholesome origin story of Black Friday. It goes something like this. For years, trip-to-fan happy shoppers would flood local shops and malls the day after Thanksgiving, 
And that surge in spending would be enough to put retailers in the black for the year. Oh, yeah. Therefore, the Friday following Thanksgiving was dubbed Black Friday. And and it became the unofficial start of the holiday shopping season. And I know it had something to do with football, too, because there was a certain town where they were doing a football game every Thanksgiving. So people would come and see the game and they would have Thanksgiving dinner and then they would or there was like a game on Saturday. It was like there was Thanksgiving on Thursday and then the game was Saturday. So there was like Friday they would have nothing to do but go shop. And that was part of why they started shopping so much. I don't see anything about the word football in here. Okay, but. I'm not... All right. <laughs> like I said, I've heard this before, but all of those facts could be not well, right. Well, it says the very earliest use of the phrase Black Friday dates back to 1869. They say when a day is preceded by the word black, that usually is an indication that it was a pretty bad day. Which, not going to touch that. Uh, It says, it was the day plummeting gold prices caused a market crash in 1869, the effects of which were felt by the U.S. economy for years. The first mentions of Black Friday as we know it are said to have occurred around the 1950s or 60s in Philadelphia, coined by traffic police who dreaded the day. Um, Quote, the Philadelphia Police Department used the term to describe the traffic jams and intense crowding of downtown retail stores, um, according to a new book um, called How to Win at Shopping. Uh, the author, David Zyla, noted that one of the first uses of the term in print appeared in an ad in 1966 in an issue of the American Fo- Philatelist, which I think is like a Philadelphia thing, um, a magazine for stamp collectors. He says that Black Friday is <laughs> it was for stamp collectors. Go only? Fig, right? Um, he says uh, in the uh, in an archived um, paper, they say Black Friday is the name which the Philadelphia Police Department has given to the Friday following Thanksgiving Day. It's not a term of endearment for them. Black Friday officially opens the Christmas shopping season in Center City, and it usually brings massive traffic jams, overcrowded sidewalks, and so much more. As um, downtown stores are mobbed for the opening or closing. Okay, so cops are just saying it's a bad thing because of the traffic. That's what it became, but initially it had to do with this market crash um, in 1869, and they called it Black Friday because it devastated the economy for years. Oh, wow. So yeah. this is up tr- uh, us trying to make up for it every single year. Something like that, yeah. I guess so. Because right. now it's the best day of the year for most retailers. It is. It is. And they've tried to extend Black Friday as much as they possibly could and make well, it earlier and earlier and, and do Black Friday in July and Amazon Prime Day and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they've spilled over into the digital where you can really, it's. I mean, you can make your own traditions online. The Cyber Monday is now a thing. Well, I love Small Business Saturday. Like, small businesses tend to do really good on that day. That's technically a holiday that was created by American Express, I think. Um, but, like, small businesses do really well on that Saturday and then Cyber Monday and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so. if you want to buy, like, something that you really, really wanted, but it's three times the price. It's so rough sometimes because yeah. I'm like, I go into those small businesses and I'm like, this is great stuff. It's so expensive. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm part of the problem by shopping at Amazon, but I also feel like, oh, I yeah. don't know what else to do. I should support local businesses. Well, though. Small Business Saturday was started by American Express and then Cyber Monday uh, started because people would go to work, go back to work on Monday and start their shopping on their work computers and like it became a big shopping day for people online. So um, Instagram is about to hide likes for some U.S. users. So are they really doing that? I thought they were just testing it out. Yeah, well, they say after months of testing, an option to hide likes in select international markets, Instagram is about to do the same for a number of users in the United States, which is a key market for their you know, company's home turf. Um, Instagram has already been testing hiding likes in seven other countries, including Canada, Ireland, and Australia. And for years, likes have been really central to how celebrities, brands, politicians, and everyday users experience Instagram and Facebook. They say it's a way of measuring popularity and success as 
as you know, everybody wants their photo to get the most likes. But in recent months, Instagram has been rethinking how to likes contribute to making its platform more toxic. And now they're contemplating a change. They say the total number of likes on a post, um, which appear as hearts on the app, will disappear from Instagram's main feed, profile pages, and permalink pages. The owner of the account can still see their own likes, but the followers won't know the count. Oh, well, that's stupid. Well, but like it it's should supposed be, to be everyone. No, but like that's the whole point. Is like you want the most likes, so people will see that your photo got the most likes, or see that your video got the most likes. So it's not going to be like public information how well something is doing. Like if you want to know, you can know, but it's not a public thing. I guess I just also think if you're going to go go in, go in all the way. I think that if you're going to take away likes, take away likes completely. I think people obsess over how many likes they get, also for themselves. Like I think they obsess sure. because of other people, but they also obsess in their own minds about how many people are liking their pictures. So I think that if you're going to get rid of it, but and what does some users mean? Well, users that have like millions of followers already and don't even depend on you likes? Like, keep setting me up for the next per- perfect oh, really? part. That was great. Uh, it says it's unclear how many users in the United States will have likes hidden. Instagram chief um, Adam Mosseri says um, likes will disappear for some users beginning this week. In other countries where likes were hidden, users saw a message at the top of their Instagram feeds notifying them that they were a part of the test. So you might be fine that in the next, you know, in the next few days. I think Random this is great. Screening. Yeah, I mean, I like when people turn off the comments sometimes. Like, sometimes celebrities that are going through something controversial will turn off the comments because they don't want to see all that. I think it's great, and I, I don't see what it hurts. No, I, yeah. I think it's inherently a good thing. Yeah. I think people, I think But you likes, say they should get rid of all of it. Yes, I, I think you should get rid of all of it because I, I just think that likes have made Instagram toxic. They made social media and the internet toxic in general. That. Comment yeah. sections, also gone. Yeah, I'm with that too. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Just a Tip Tuesday, how are companies oh. getting you to like shop on Black Friday and, and scamming you? All that's up next. Hold on, I have to check my likes. Uh-oh. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. Drop the subject with Allie and Jared. And uh, we have been teasing it all show long, but we're finally getting to it now. Jared has told you the history of Black Friday, but we're, for just a tip Tuesday, going to get into nine ways that retailers trick you into spending money on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Because... Wouldn't you know it, you're kind of getting scammed every Friday. I mean, you're basically lured into these long lines and risky trampling situations because of the lure of the allure of big deals and, you know, pr- price cuts that you're never going to get anywhere else. And those precious doorbusters. Well, for just the tip <laughs> Tuesday, we love to give you advice, tips, tricks, life hacks, things that can make your life a little easier. So we're going to go through these nine things, these ways that these retailers are tricking you. Maybe we can trick you out of Black Friday shopping. Oh, look at us doing a favor for the people. I think that we are, because obviously they're not having a problem with people showing up for Black Friday. Well, there's that. So let's start from the bottom and we'll work our way up. The number nine is a very easy place to start. It's just plain old FOMO. They basically will market their sales in a way that makes you feel bad that you're missing it. I will tell you, FOMO is so real. FOMO, fear of missing out, for those of you like, what does that mean? Fear of missing out is totally a real thing. Like, you want to be a part... Wendy Williams always says, like, I don't want to... I don't want to miss a movement. Like, if something's going on, I want to be there. Right. And that's what they do. That's what these retailers... The wording that retailers use for deals makes shoppers feel a sense of urgency, thereby encouraging them to buy. So, buy the exclusivity and the one day only and 
all that stuff, you're basically buying first and asking questions later. You're just like, I don't know. I gotta. I'm just gonna get these sneakers and put them in my cart and run because I'm gonna. I don't. Otherwise, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss yeah. the sale. I went to Macy's uh, when I was in the Bay Area, and they were having a pre-sale sale, which was yeah. A sale, right? You know, <laughs> right. It was like everything in the men's department except this and that is 30% off. And I was like, oh, well, if I buy three things, I'm really getting something they never free. Macy's loves to do a one-day sale every day. Yeah. And they're like, it's a one day. And it's like, but I feel like every day I go to Macy's, there's a one day sale. Cuts a black guy and white girl running toward the camera. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And a big exactly. star. It's always that commercial. It's, like, it's a, they're like, one day. And they're exactly. just running. All right. Number eight inflated original prices. So if you think that Black Friday is a deal, it might not be because there's one tactic that retailers like to use. They like to make their sales seem dramatic by inflating the prices several weeks beforehand. So several weeks before, they're going to be like, actually, this Kindle or whatever it is, is $200, yeah. it's $220, $240, and then they'll keep going. And then they what what makes you want to click buy or or add something to your cart physically is when you see the slash. You're like, you oh my see, God, this is 60% off. When am I ever going to get a deal like this right, again? Right. This is originally $339 and I'm getting it for like $100. Oh my God. But yeah. really, it's only probably worth $160 or $200. Yeah. So it makes you feel like you're getting more of a deal than you are. There, I believe there are actually some laws against what they can and cannot do in those instances because I think what, what they technically are doing is like the highest price that you can find it anywhere is the slash price or something like that. It's like, it's some ridiculous finagling that they do to make that work right they're like actually it's this many euros yeah because it's <laughs> it's euros um because there's there's definitely like laws against the false advertising but they get around it all right number seven a strategic store layout so the entrance of any given store it's not the only part of a store that's strategically constructed every item is placed with precision in order to get you to spend more so add-ons, related products from the ones you buy. They will be prominently displayed next to the sale items and things like that. Often accessories that you might not have thought about are placed right next to the doorbuster in hopes that you'll buy that as well. And you're like, well, I'm here. Might as well throw that in too. I think about this all the time when I'm in the store and especially when I'm in my favorite store, which is Target. Like, I love Target. Can't not spend money in Target. You can't. You can't buy... It's impossible. You can't buy one thing at Target. You can't. No matter how, how hard you try, you're always buying more more than one thing. Yeah. But like I always notice like when you first walk into Target, they always have like that this dollar like, section. One dollar section of like yeah. super cheap claret stuff. And it's like, how can you walk past this? Yeah. It's only a buck. And I buy dumb crap that has nothing to do with me, like a pacifier. That's your like, never I don't know, to- it's a dollar. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. One more before we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. An enticing lakefront property. This is what this is uh hold on a second. Toha explained that in retail merchandisers, there's a concept known as lakefront property, which is used to direct shoppers towards high value items. So when people first walk into a store, they tend to veer to the right side. This is exactly why new arrivals that have a higher price tag or valued items that are impulse buys tend to be placed strategically on the right-hand side of the store entrance. Like the $1 thing at my Target. I had no idea about that. So that's the, quote, enticing lakefront property strategy. There are a few more that we'll get to, and we also have to get to happy endings. So still a lot to come. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject comes right back. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. The new channel. Channel Q. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, we have to continue on quickly with this Just the Tip Tuesday. We're doing it later than normal today. We got jam packed, backed up on the show today. A lot of good stuff. If you missed anything, please check out the podcast at Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcast. And we're available on Apple Music now. 
Never knew. Yeah, All right. You just type in channel Q and it just comes up. It, it, and that one actually works. Yeah. Just enunciate. And, and also, uh, Siri, if you say play channel Q on Apple Music, that actually works. Great. Yes. <laughs> Tried and true. Okay, so we're talking about the nine ways that retailers trick you into spending money on Black Friday. That's what we're covering this week for Just the Tip Tuesday. We've already talked about several things, including FOMO, inflating the original prices, uh, strategically laying out certain items in the store to make you want to buy them. Now we're going to get to the big one, the D word, doorbusters. Black Friday, very synonymous with the word doorbuster. They're deep discounts on products that are limited to the first customers who grab them in time. And it is not uncommon for shoppers to line storefronts, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. But it says because of limited product items and shelf space for specific models, most of the stores have limited inventory. So you're not one of the first ones. At the do- Oh, so you're OK. They're explaining this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, however, you might feel like you wasted your time if you walk out empty handed. So you start looking around for something to justify your few hours of early morning Wait, so here's the point that they're making is that if you miss the doorbuster because if you're not one of those first 50 people that didn't get in line and get what you needed, you're going to spend more money as a result of that yeah. because you feel bad that you missed the doorbuster. Yeah. Uh, number four is faux free shipping. They say free shipping is a popular strategy retailers use to get you to buy from them. And on Black Friday, plenty of stores will offer free shipping with no minimum purchase required. A great way to save money when shopping online. That's... I mean, free shipping is almost like mandatory at this point for me. Yeah. I mean, you have, but then they, they will inflate the price to basically pay for the to shipping. To cover it, right. Yeah. All right. Rebates. Black Friday shoppers will undoubtedly find rebates galore when hunting down deals. And this type of offer is essentially part of a refund on the price that you paid. So it's like, hey, we're going to have you buy this. And then you send in money and we'll give you a rebate. So on the surface, these things sound great. But uh, many retailers and manufacturers, they bank on the fact that you will forget to mail in the rebate and they are correct you, how many people actually are sending in the rebate such a small portion and I can hear someone like barking back at the radio like oh I always send in my rebate but most people never send in the rebate and never get the money back no I, I'm definitely one of those people number two coupons with a catch they say coupons have long been the backbone of bargain shopping but when it comes to Black Friday coupons be sure to scrutinize the deal before you head off to the store they say oftentimes these come with a ton of exclusions and if you're having to hunt for something to apply it to it's probably not worth the savings whether you're you're getting it or not. Yeah, and I know this is not Black Friday related, but CVS, I'm looking at you. You give me that oh long God. ass receipt and you give me... It's like oh. I bought a chapstick and I got a, a, a foot of yeah, receipt a, paper. Yeah, and then it's like, save up on chap, save on chapsticks. I'm like, I just effing bought chapsticks and <laughs> exactly. it expires today. Lastly, bogus bonuses. One of the common ways that retailers trick you on Black Friday is by increasing the perceived value with bonuses. Retailers will create what they call a, a tiered discount that will get you to spend more. Basically, they rely on the concept of buy more to save more. I always say, if you don't buy anything, you save a whole lot more. That's but, true, yeah. but they'll be like, oh, save 30% when you spend $250 or more. And exactly. you're like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I fall for that. The more you buy, the more you save. The less you buy, the more you save is my the way I look at it. It's time for happy endings before we get out of here. Yes, this is the time of the show where we take something that maybe was a little bit sad times, turn it around, make it positive, and give you something happy. Fast. And speak incredibly <laughs> fast so that we don't run over time and Ginger, Ginger Justin, Justin gets mad at us. What you got? Sure, Instagram may be hiding likes on photos, greatly affecting social media influencers, but at least it will also hide drop the subject social media shortcomings. Nice. <laughs> yes. What are our social media shortcomings? Well, I, I mean... Thought, I think we are perfect. We're growing. We are. We're we just are. exactly where we're supposed to be. Exactly. Thank you, Jared. God's that's not what done my, with us yet. That's what my mom tells me. What you got, Allie? 
Uh, sure, half of America may feel a little bit lonely in the workplace. You feel like you have no one to talk to. But the good news here is that when people get replaced by robots, you'll be having great conversations with them because they'll be like Siri and they'll basically be forced to interact with you. Oh, can you imagine if your coworker was like Siri <laughs> and she's awful? Yeah, oh my gosh. She never she's has like anything substantive people- to say and then all of a sudden out of nowhere she starts talking for no reason and she, you're like, what are you talking yeah, about? She's definitely somebody who would wear like an ill-fitting Blazer, and then also be talking about what day it was every yeah, single day. Like, oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, hump day. Oh, flashback <laughs> Thursday or whatever. Or, sorry, I'm unavailable out of nowhere, just for no yeah. reason. I'm sorry. Hmm. Exactly. I don't understand that. And you're like, you're the HR woman. Please wait a moment. You're supposed to understand me. My happy ending is stores may be scamming us to get us in for Black Friday, but look at the bright side. You can always rely on a good playlist of Thanksgiving music to get you through. <laughs> so, uh, while you're out there shopping on Black Friday, enjoying your Thanksgiving, you've got a playlist that is presented by Drop the Subject. Uh, we tweeted it out earlier uh, on Apple Music. We'll also have a Spotify version coming up for you. Yep. You, um, Updated every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can um, make sure that you can uh, play it on Thanksgiving Day. You'll have the music. Uh, today's song was Apple Peaches Pumpkin Pie, which... Mm-hmm. I love that song. Yeah, it's a great one. I'll be playing it later today. For sure, yeah. And we will be updating it, like I said. So we will be hanging out with you this Thanksgiving if you download the playlist. And download the podcast, drop the subject. We'll be back tomorrow for another live show at the GMA and more. See you then. On the next, next, drop the subject. On the next show, it's the GMA. Plus, my wife and I are thinking of having kids soon, and I may have the opportunity to get free sperm. Oh, really? Are you going to take it? I don't know. I feel like it might be a little weird. You know? Have you ever been offered free sperm? Well, I've never paid for my lawyer has advised me not to answer that question hold on you have sperm lawyers that's none of your business i think it's the people's business do i need a sperm lawyer drop the subject 12 to 2 pacific 3 to 5 eastern on the new channel q